Hello and welcome to Flamenco Attitude. This is the podcast that brings you all things flamenco. Today the episode will be with a tinge of sadness because we will be reflecting on the life of the great Carlos Saura, who we very recently lost, only a few days from the time that we're speaking right now. He is in the line of Luis Buñuel and Pedro Almodovar, a great film director, photographer, writer and humanist as well. He explored the Andalusian life and culture and he reflected it in his films, many flamenco films, um, some of which we have watched and talked about on this podcast, Bodas de Sangre, Carmen and El Amor Brujo, my personal favorite one. A few more to discuss. So today we're going to reflect on his life, his multiple international awards and his influence on the filmmaking and cinema. We're going to talk about the great flamenco people that he encountered and worked with. And as a suitable finish, we'll reflect a little bit on the funeral that Marcos watched uh, on Sunday, the 12th of February, just gone. So this is the episode on... Uh, a filmmaking legend, Carlos. You're not going to cry, are you? Well, it is. A, I mean, it's a terrible, sad moment because when you think about flamenco in film, he's got to be the greatest ever. And as you said, um, I watched the funeral in Madrid on Sunday and the incredible thing about it was it, the funeral started with, guess what, a singer the flamenco yeah. canty. Who was that? That I don't know. Not it, somebody it, very well. No, I think it was a local person and then it was somebody from his family that did an oratory. But um, yeah. you couldn't see from, from the shots exactly who, who it was and I couldn't tell by the voice. I don't think it's a very big name. But um, he meant so much to flamenco artists. I mean, he really... We have had, obviously, a tradition, as we talked about before, of flamenco films through the, to the 20s and 30s, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Caracol yeah. and all of that. But... These films are just a bit special, aren't they? They really are high quality. And we're going to unpack it bit by bit. Obviously, I have a lot of questions for you because especially El Amor Brujo was a film that I I still remember very vividly, actually. Um, it was incredible to witness. But let's start from the beginning. Was Carlos Saura... Where does he come from? Was he a typical person from the uh, culture or was he like a Paco de Lucia who fell in love with the culture and worked with it all his life? Well I mean we don't really know his early life if he was into flamenco because Mm. he comes from a family of of designers like his brother is a very famous designer. Very artistic family. Yeah and he was originally not a filmmaker Saura was, Carlos Saura was a photographer and he could also draw very well as you've seen from some of his his film scripts but um, his brother was a great designer and even his brother has designed wonderful posters for the BNL, the Flamenco Festival in Seville so there's obviously a big um, feeling in the family for for flamenco but he gets encouraged by, by his brother to move away from photography into film and well before he made all these flamenco films that we're going to talk about, he made a number of very, very interesting films under the Franco regime. So he worked even when during the Franco, that period. You, yeah, yeah. Was he ever commissioned? No, but no. I think there were some issues with some of his films. So uh, before we talk about the films in his photography, was that ever reflected the flamenco life? Uh, Yes, it was. And I think, in a way, you'll see that the photography that he did is reflected in the first film. 
yeah. bother the sangri. Bother the sangri. Because in a way, it's it's more of a photograph than a film. I know that might sound a strange it, thing to it, say. It may sound like a strange thing, but I do understand what you mean. So if anyone can access Bodo de Sangre, it's... A blood wedding. It's blood we wedding, yeah. yes. Um, obviously uh, modelled on... Um, on Lorca's on play. Lorca's play. It is a play. So this is what yeah. I can say. Uh, to me, the impression is it's not a film in the sense of different scenes shot no. and put together it is more of a yeah. one scene one location yeah. and it's a, it's in the form of a theater yeah. play you've hit the nail on the head straight away because his two greatest films are in fact they're not even documentaries they're not feature films they are filming a rehearsal it's a film of a dance rehearsal mm. and that's the incredible thing so Bodo de Sangri is you see the artists arriving and they put all their charms on, on the makeup mirrors and they're all getting ready. They're all very nervous because Gaddis, Antonio Gaddis, who we'll talk about in a minute, was quite a strict yeah. teacher and he expected very high standards. Yeah, and you I can feel that straight away. But the weird thing about the film is he makes it clear it's a, it's a dance studio. But within minutes of watching the film, you believe that it is Andalusia and you believe it is the day of this wedding everything about it you're sort of moved transformed from a studio simple dance studio to Andalusia in, in the 20s and the amazing thing about the film work is if you think of it the studio is filled with mirrors all the way around but as you, you do in the dance you, studio because you, yeah. you have to so you can see your movements you know. but do you ever see a reflection of no, a camera. No, no. That's is that not clever? Well, we see. I mean, especially in this day and age, we've seen a lot of techniques. But of course, these techniques started from somewhere. Yeah, and don't forget, we are talking about a film that was released in 1981. Yeah, and it had a, an enormous effect on me um, when I saw it. I had to, I saw it first of all with my mother, and we went nearly every day. For a whole week see to see again. it again. And then uh, I took a, a party of, of my guitar students to London. So we went to see it uh, on, on the, in a big screen. And then the incredible thing was there was a new channel about to start in England called Channel 4. And so they were doing pilots and test programs and with trails of what would be coming up. And one of these things was an excerpt from Blood Wedding. So I'd be watching a blank screen on television, waiting for the trail to come up, uh, just to watch it. And of course, they played what I'm going to say to you is my favourite bit from the film when they sing and dance the tangos, which has got to be the. It's absolutely awesome. I could watch it a hundred times. I probably watched it a thousand times. It's choreographed in in yeah. an incredible way, and yeah. uh, I know that Carlos Saura, obviously, with his career spanning almost five decades he tried out different things and different themes and different depths but he started as a neorealist which neorealism yeah. is something that for a completely different episode i suppose uh but he switched well i, well, I mean you, you know, i think you're right we will once we get on to to the carmen we can start to talk about this neorealism uh neorealism and also we can talk about how he's kind of like a brechtian filmmaker so when we get on to Carmen in a minute, I'll explain what okay, I mean by that because sure. I, I know what you're, get, what you're but, driving at but, with this but, realism. But Borders de Sagre is laced with symbols and metaphors. Yeah. As per the play. Yeah. And of course, the two, the two, well, there's three stars in it, really, mm, if you think about yeah. it. I mean, there's the man himself, Antonio Gaddis. Yes. Yeah. My favourite. <laughs> there's 
the, the, the Christina Oyos, one of the great... Who you knew. Who I know. I'm going to come on to that. And then, of course, you've got Jose Massey. Yes. The, the young Massey like doing it. He's great. And, of course, he's now the number one flamenco singer in, in Andalusia, in Spain, in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the amazing thing about this is that I went uh, to Edinburgh and Gaddis brought this whole body de sangre to, to the Edinburgh Festival. So I had the good fortune to not only uh, meet him, uh, interview him. Interview him, yeah, which was, it was an absolute uh, classic, really, because uh, um, as a dancer, you know, I was interviewing him, and there he was smoking his Ducato cigarettes as, as we did the interview. Mm -hmm. And, of course, what's special about the film is he he dances in the film, he takes yes. the... But, but in in the, the real, on the road, he never did, did that, you see. he His understudy did, he directed... Yeah, so you're lucky in the film to see him do that because even if you'd have gone to his live shows, he would have been sitting in the front row directing. He wouldn't be in it. Yeah, playing that role. Um, obviously, Christina is always in it, and I did. I have met her, and uh, once also I met her one day uh, coming coming to England on a plane, which was which was very nice. Um, I haven't met Marseille. I'd love to meet him, oh, yeah. but. You're, you're always asking me what tracks you know you want, and obviously Marseille sings the opening, the Al Boreal, the Gypsy Wedding song, so that is a, a superb uh, track. And of course, as I've already mentioned, the tangos from that film is electric, and I would advise everybody to try and get a copy. Um, it's probably available on all these different platforms now, and it's a short film. And sometimes they don't show the, uh, they make it even shorter by not showing the opening bit where the artists arrive to do all their makeup. They get, they go straight from the start of the, of the actual blood wedding. But it, it's a strange idea because, of course, Lorca got the idea. He read about this in a newspaper and he turned it into a play. And then here you've got it being adapted into a flamenco ballet. You know, it's a totally different thing. And there's, there's extraordinary minutes, yeah, the moments in it, I mean, the, the knife fights. Um, and this this wonderful bulleria in it. It's got everything, and it's a very very sad film. You feel washed out at the end of it, don't you? Even though it's only probably an hour. It is heavy. Yeah. Well, if you are on, if you're listening to us on Spotify, here is a track. Just a little diversion. I I I need to say this. Okay, I know that it's it's pathetic, but what impressed me a lot, and maybe the only slightly comedic moment from this film was. You have a flamenco film. Everything about it is flamenco, right? And on the flamenco wedding, you have a little man singing Argentinian tango. Oh, and yeah. I think that's Pepe Blanco. Now, that's amazing you remembered that. That's I, my, I've forgotten that. That's yeah. my favorite bit. Yeah. If I can actually, I'll include yeah. this song yeah. because it, I love it. Because it's a typical wedding. Ah, so, me sombrero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, so, so you get in, you get in your act. For, for your wedding guests and, and everything, yeah? that's a little bonus. Yeah, I, I forgot all about that. That's that's brilliant. You remember that? And yeah, I mean it's often overlooked that because it, and he's a little man and he's in a, like a, a little jumper, isn't he, with his accordion? Argentinian tango. Argentina, yeah. yeah. And you told me I asked you back then why do we have? And you said you to... because we have everything is flamenco, but then on the wedding, Argentinian <laughs> <Yeah>. tango. <laughs> I don't know where Saura got that man from, but he's certainly authentic. Now, Carmen was different. Carmen was not not exactly filmed as a dance rehearsal or theatre play as Bodas de Sangre was. What do you think inspired Saura to continue this line of work with these films and to shoot Carmen the way he shot 
the well, film actually. I mean, it, it was released in I think eighty uh, three. Um, in that year, three different filmmakers all did their interpretation of Carmen, which is quite incredible. It seemed to be the fashion. Um, why he did it, I'm not clear, but he does a very different take on it because he he takes. I mean, they make it clear that they're, they're deriving this from the book by the French writer Merimé, but then they're going to adapt the music of Bizet, mm. who, and, and they make it clear that although the centre of this is the tobacco factory in, in, in Seville, where, where all the women work, um, they make it clear that neither Merimé or Bizet have ever been to Seville in their lives. So it's like a, it's like their fantasy of what Seville was like with these women uh, who are scantily clad because it's so hot in Seville, rolling tobacco and there's knife fights and all of this. Um, now, what Sarah does, and it's for me, it's the most worrying film. It's the most ambitious film he's ever done. Though I know you'll disagree because you'll say Elmore Brucco is. Um, you're never clear really what you're watching in this because you're not clear: is it a rehearsal? Is it? Um, real life because as you know it ends in in terrible tragedy which appears to be a real fatal incident and he mixes this and this is what i meant by the brechtian thing because he gets you into this thing that actually you're watching in a, a feature film then the next minute he, he makes it clear no no you're not it, it's just an ordinary re filming of a rehearsal and some artist trying to put something together now of course that features the late paco de lucia and and that is incredible because he, he they they talk to him and they say right you know how are you going to uh, adapt the music so he listens to the the the, the score mm, and you see yeah. it going round on the tape recorder and his little mind is working and his fingers working and he thinks I know I can take that tune and put it in the flamenco rhythm buluria yeah. and he suddenly you know and then Gaddis goes ah oh, that's it now you're 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 doing well now and of course before that you see them go on this expedition to all the dance schools of, of Seville and to find who is going to play Carmen and it turned out to be as you know Laura del Sol but what happens is they find this girl and they they say okay she's going to be the person for this and it's upsetting it's like it's upsetting in real life for Christina Oyos because she feels that she should be doing it. And there's this terrible moment when Gaddy says, you know, you're a brilliant dancer, but you're not Carmen. And of course, the person they select to be Carmen is not that good at flamenco at that stage. So it's a question of getting her up to speed. And then you see all the processes of that. Um, and of course, there's a wonderful song in it, which is what I would pick at any time. It, it is the, uh, uh, La, not Laura del Sol, um, Marisol. Marisol singing this wonderful tangos. Even in your, on your DVD that you have of Carmen here. Yeah. It says, Carlos Sara's Carmen, life tragically imitates art. Yeah. You know. I've never got my head completely around this film. Uh, it, it is quite confusing because... You see the friction between between Gaddis and the other and the other other dancer, and then you think, oh no, that then it's shown that you don't need to worry about that because that's just part of the of an act they're doing for rehearsal. Then you then it switches to it seems to be there really is real friction between them, and then of course there's this wonderful stage fight uh, to the rhythm of the series where they have this fight with these walking sticks mm -hmm. and they they bang the rhythms out and then you know they battle. So it's it's a long film. 
it's an awesome project um, it, and it's a complex project and also it has given us a wonderful record of Paco. Um, I've, I've always been a bit cruel to Paco in this one because he, he's quite wooden in it. I mean, he's, he's a brilliant guitar player, but he's, he's not, not an, an actor. actor. No, well, but... we can't hold it against him, but it's worth to mention that Carmen was awarded uh, a few international awards, accolades as well, including um, an Oscar nominee, uh, I think two Oscar nominations, however many Oscar nominations. And um, Cannes, uh, Cannes Film Festival. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's it's an awesome piece of work. Um, and uh, I mean, it's that wonderful thing when they have a party and they make out they're doing a mock uh, bullfight and they're all throwing papers at each other in, in this room. I remember yeah. the person dressed as a torero. Uh, yeah, and they're in this, I think it's on the outskirts of Madrid, this very large house and it's all snowy outside. It's got a wonderful, wonderful feeling to it. So I think, you know, anything of Marisol, would be great, particularly the the tangos she sings. How much of a how much of an impact was Carmen culturally? Massive, because at the time, three big directors were bringing out Carmen. We were Carmened out. It was, <laughs> it was and this was the flamenco one. Um, it was probably looking back at it, his biggest film as far as flamenco was concerned. You think that's oh, the yeah, one? Yeah, beyond doubt. It was on in cinemas for a very long time. All kinds. I've got it upstairs um, a VHS copy, which mm. came with an extremely posh booklet, with a, even with a little cord round it. So it was, you know, there were products made to do with that film, very, very expensive co uh, copies of the film that you could buy. What do flamenco people think of it? Oh, it's an inspiration. It is for it's them. Much, yeah, I mean, if, if you look at it, one of the great parts of it is where Paco Lucia sits down and listens to the music of Vizette and, and he's, you know, he's listening to it on a, on a reel-to-reel tape recorder and he's thinking, can I fit this into, say, the rhythm of Ulurias? And, and he tries it and it's not quite there and then he does it and then Gaddis comes over and says, yes, now we're, now we're getting somewhere and... That is a fantastic part of the film. The most enchanting one from the trilogy, for me, you know, and you, you, you always say that you can't understand why, but it will always be an amor brujo. Yeah, now, you see, again, it's another step change because he's then adapting um, this famous musical work of, the, of, of Spain's and Andalusia's most number one composer, Manuel de Falla. And so he's taking his music and turning it into a film that's going to explode at the end with the ritual fire dance. And, and, and actually, it's um, it's different to the, the previous two again because it's a film on location, or at least you have built a studio location yeah. of the Gypsy Barrio. Yeah. Is it, is it the, the Shabola? The Shabola. Yeah, it really is a straight... In a sense, it, it is quite a straightforward film. It is quite a straightforward yeah, film. Yeah, so it's different sense. to the previous two because it's, it's it's like a feature film, but with, with obviously musical interludes and, and, and dancing in it. Um, it. I mean, it's it's a masterwork. I'm not sure if it did that well. Sadly... Um, where we are uh, recording this in Oxford, it wasn't on at the cinema for very long. Mm. I think only a couple of days, which was very sad. So I had to go everywhere uh, to try and find a copy of this. And but you know how I did it, Galia? 
I went everywhere yeah. to, to, to try and find it. And in the end, I was in Andalusia and I passed a video club and I went in and they had it in there. And obviously it's for hire only. So in my <laughs> usual cheeky flamenco way, I said I'd be interested in buying it. And? <laughs> and of course, well, they said, well, it's all money, isn't it? Yeah. You, yeah. Well, so they, they, so I bought a, a second-hand copy of it and uh, really enjoyed it. Um, it's it's a it is a brilliant film, and I think it, I, I think I know why it's your favourite because probably Gaddis is at Antonio Gaddis is at his top. Isn't Not only that, the plot is amazing. The locations are great. You have a glimpse of the Andalusian Christmas time as well. It's represented, and you have some very mysterious elements, like you said, the fire dance. You also have um, it's sort of a ghost story as well. It's very much. In the realm of the unknown, in the realm of the superstitious. Yeah. And of course, they keep the classical of fire in one place yeah. and keep the flamenco apart. They apart. don't try to mix it too much. But you think, uh, but you think um, Saura did a lot of research to oh, do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, it's sad that, he, that he's now left us, but yeah. you can see from how many films he's made, and he never stopped working. He was an obsessive. You know, once he started photography when he was about 12 and then was told by his brother he should get into film, he was just working all the time. I, you know, when I had it on video, it was really difficult because, you know, obviously with DVD you can find anything you want straight away. I used to keep rewinding to find this Chientos. Now, I can't think of the name of the singer, but I met him... Uh, when they were in Edinburgh, it's it's devastating in a way. It's so sad. It, it's the building up the tension in the film. So the Tientos from from El Amor Brujo is my favourite. Okay, so the trilogy is completed. Yeah, he's and made his name. Hasn't he's he, made his name. He's, well, made, he's already made his name he, in the normal. Uh, film. And, and do you think at this point, flamenco people were regarding him as their director? Would they trust him as? Oh yeah, because I don't think there's ever been. You know, we'd had films throughout the 30s, 40s, 50s, but they were more... The flamenco just entered in, in places, yeah? The Lola Flores film and, and things like that, uh, Manolo Caracol, but these are full-on flamenco. Yeah. You, you mean, you notice that, that when you watch them, you know that you're going to get plenty of the flamenco. It's not going to just pop up in one little place in a cafe when there's a scene where somebody's having a coffee and smoking. It's it's all the way through the film. It's all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and Sevianas um, actually it, it continued employing artists like Paco de Lucia yeah. and Manolo Sanlúcar. Yeah, and of course he, I think there was a point, he wanted them to play together and he, he sort of got frustrated that they're both geniuses and had to get them to play. And there's this wonderful... A scene where they come together and first of all you, you see their boots they've got these wonderful boots mm. and then they're really close eye to eye with their chairs and obviously in the Sevillanas one is going to play the first Sevillanas of his and the other person is going to accompany and then they reverse and they say no you you go for no after you there's a bit of it yeah and it's it's, it's it's devastating guitar playing it's absolutely superb so that's one of my favorites um, Why do you think Saura was interested in Sevillana? And I, I'm, I'm also going to ask you yeah. about biblical Sevillanas. Yes. Well, he's done loads of films on genres. He's very interested in particular genres, you know. So he, he obviously thought, whereas Sevillanas is not strictly speaking flamenco, it's that all flamenco people do it. 
you know, it is the popular music of the of Seville, you know, for for singing and dancing. So it's sort of an offshoot of flamenco, and he realised that throughout the whole of Andalusia, there were so many different types. And in the film, you see that a lot of the people in the film are amateurs, but they come from a particular village where only they do the Sevillana in that in that in that way. So it's a mixture of professionals and aficionado. Would you like to recommend the track? Well, my favourite bit, I suppose, is apart from obviously the, the biblical Sevillana by Paco Toronco, I, I like that. Um, it's got to be. And it's very sad as well, but it's got to be Camarón. Um, he he does a set of Sevillanos accompanied by Tomatito. Um, and it's very sad looking at him in, in this film, but the music is wonderful. His interpretation, the lyrics, um, he talks about his, his shoes, which I've actually seen his, his special shoes. They're in, they're in a cabinet in, in, in La Isla. Um, it, it's, it's a devastating interpretation of the, the Sevillana from a gypsy point of view so it it contrasts greatly with all the other ones you see and you said you know what a biblical Sevillana well Paco Toronco he sings all these he fits all these excerpts from the bible into the into the rhythm and form of the Sevillanas. There is an interesting location coming up in the next film the old Cordoba station of Seville First of all, I didn't know that there is a Cordoba. I've been to Seville very briefly. Yeah. And I didn't know that there is a Cordoba station that features in Flamenco, which is the film that Saura came up with in 95. Yeah, I mean, Seville in the old days, before the expo came, had two stations, the Caddy station and the Cordoba. So, of course, um, they were both closed with the coming of the new uh, Santa Ana station uh, out on much further out of town. So they turned the Cordoba station into, uh, I suppose you'd say it's like an art art centre. Right. It's, it's a beautiful Mos Arabic building. And yeah, Saura obviously thought that's the place uh, where, where we can do it. And what I'm going to try and do is get every Florenco artist, well, when I say every Florenco, I mean the, the cream, yeah? Mm. Everyone to come on one particular day and we're going to just film it. It's more like a, it's more a documentary than a film. All the different artists step up and they perform. So it opens with a devastating buleria from La Paquera, and then it moves on from that. Yeah. Uh, and what is from? I mean, I suppose the, it's what it says on the tin, right? It's about flamenco, but what about flamenco? Does he explore? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a weird title, isn't it? Yeah. Let's just call it flamenco, and yeah. you say, oh, what's in it? Well, flamenco. Um, so, you know, just about everybody who's anybody. Now, the sad thing, of course, is there's one person missing from it, and that is Camarón, which wasn't possible for obvious reasons. But the rest of it, it's it's all of the biggies are there. And as I said to you, um, sadly, it's the only film of his that I haven't got. That's the only one? Yeah. Wow. But I have seen parts of it, and... Um, it's 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 a film with an incredible draw on it because I I wrote a book on Cameroon and at uh, one of the places in Oxford we put the film on and in the cinema and when I arrived they said oh you won't be in the small cinema we've have to put you in the big one but look at the queues going down the road because I was in, going to introduce the film tell people what to look out for 
And, you know, things to look out for is you see this wonderful old station and you see all the artists arrive and then it, <coughs> off it goes. It's, it's absolutely terrific. And then I, I introduced it again at London's Barbican and it was just, you know, completely sold out. So um, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a rare sort of film because it's not like, you know, you can watch... Uh, you uh, love, you know, Eleanor Bruckel. You can watch that and you think, well, you know, but this is just straightforward one artist or groups of artists after each other. Yeah, there's no, that's all it is. It's, he's just filmed these people in a in a really exotic location. And there's a point in it, I think it's with Agojetas, um, where you hear the traffic in, in, in Seville outside and you hear the ambulance or police cars going down the road and Agujetas is singing and you see his eyes open up and he's thinking, oh, I wonder if this is going to ruin the thing. And then obviously Sarah thinks, no, that's great because it shows that we are in, in the heart of Seville. The heart of Seville. Yeah. So he didn't, you didn't hear, cut. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little rattle from your... Incredibly well preserved flamenco, flamenco. Yeah, I mean, you see, I didn't have that one, and I, you know, I don't even know too much about this. What, what I can tell you is that's it, one of it's, his it's last. Got, it's got, yeah, it's, it's got incredible. Again, he he decided to revisit the idea of flamenco, but call it flamenco, flamenco. Yeah. And I would recommend anybody to watch the opening sequence with the dance of Sarah Barras. Do you know any of the people involved in it, like, personally? Because I know that from the rest of the films, you obviously met Christina Hoyos, and you've met some other of the special yeah. guitarists. Well, you well. have to show me the list of artists. Let me see. I think it's got a list. Um, I think it's on, on, the, on the booklet. It's got the people. I'm just looking. I don't know, maybe you can help yeah, me. Let's have a look. Now let's have a look, see who we know from this. Let's see who's there. Yeah. Well, it's got, I mean, look at it. It's got, it's just about everybody who's anything. Mm. Well, I've been around a lot of these people. Um, let's have a look. Well, I mean, look look at this. You've got, um, there's, there's one there's one special bit, and this is what we'll have to choose, right? You've yeah. got a section called La Leyenda del Tiempo. And in that is Tomatito. And then you've got La Nina Pastori. Mm. Now, La Nina was with Cameron when she was just a little girl, and she comes from La Isla, um, and she campaigned for him to be given an award as well. I mean, that, that's got to be unbelievable tracks, that one. You know, obviously, I've been around Paco de Lucia. He's on it. He's on it towards the end, so you'll have to have a look at that. Uh, and Faroquito, the dancer. Faroquito, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so... That's not too bad, is it? <laughs> now, we're kind of nearing the end, but uh, we can't let it go without mentioning Deprisa Deprisa, a film that you're very impressed by because it's again a film. And Saura, I think, was a director, from what I perceive, who really enjoyed mixing fiction and reality in his work. He, he did, but this is like a full-on sort of crime drama. It's about young people that are... Uh, going around um, taking things from petrol stations. It's it's an obviously the, the incredible thing about this film is we're going to look at it from the point of view of its soundtrack, yeah. But he he actually took a, people that weren't actors and put them into this film. Uh, so as far as the music goes, he got Paco Lucia involved yet again. 
there's this very trendy group from the time that did a lot of rumba, Los Shunguitos, there's Shuringuitos, they're still going. And of course, there's music from uh, Loli y Manuel, Un Cuento para Mi Niño. And that, that, that's, um, you know, a great track. So it's not a flamenco film, is why we've left it to the end. And, and it was made quite some time ago. And I didn't even know about it until somebody mentioned it. And it took me a long time to track down uh, one copy. There was about one copy of this left in the world, but I'm sure there's a few more now. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it's a very interesting film. Uh, it's a film that if you're a flamenco person, you've got to just watch the film and then just have the have, just think about the flamenco in in the background because it's obviously when they're doing things, he brings it up and down, you know, fades it up and down these different pieces of music. So I've, I mean, we've got to reflect that. Um, how much more work could Carlos Saura have done? It's his whole body of work. We've only talked about his flamenco films. Yeah. I mean, he's made, you know, I don't know, 50 films at least. Probably. And mm. flamenco people really trusted him. Yeah. Well, he wouldn't be able to get all the top people, you know. Every, everybody who was anybody came to, to do his work, you know. Mm. He, yeah. He's very, very admired by all the flamencos in the world. A difficult question one to end on, probably. Oh, first of all, have you have you ever met him? No, I been, no. Not interviewed or anything, no. but you would have liked to. I think to, he'd be, yeah, but I think he can be quite strict. You think? <laughs> well, if you interviewed Antonio Gadis, who yes, was... Yes, well, he was very strict. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who is the next Saur? Well, you'd have to say um, Pedro Almodovar. Because he, he has made films where using flamenco artists. Um, obviously, he hasn't done any of these documentaries, but you could never put it past him that he might decide to do that. And he was very upset, obviously, with the passing of Carlos Saura. Um, he's made a number of films that have got all the top flamenco artists in them. So, who knows? But people would enjoy his films, but he doesn't use flamenco in a documentary way, documental. It's always... They're films, real films, but there are... Fl- in fact, he, it's quite interesting because he uses flamenco artists as actors. So it's not just about the music. They are actually acting in, in his films, so it could be him. Yeah, and you saw, because you mentioned he was very upset, you saw a little bit of the um, funeral. Yeah. What yeah. was it like? What happened? Like, just a little rundown. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, it had a, it started with with a with a full on flamenco singer. I couldn't see who it was. It might even be a aficionado. I don't know. Very very serious, and then it looked like a family member giving some sort of oration, you know. Um, it was a, it looked like quite a small church gathering in in I presume in Madrid. And it was yeah everyone was there to kind of pay, especially yeah. the big people. Yeah, I mean, but the, to see the emotion about his passing, you would have to go to 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 the film festival that was going on at the same time, where he would have been, uh, you know, coming along, you know, and visiting. So that was very, very sad that he wasn't there. And he died literally uh, while it was going on. Well, we hope you enjoyed our tribute episodes to the great director Carlos Saura. This um, recording is probably a couple of weeks now after uh, his departure and uh, many many stories, many people that he worked with. Uh, I'm just going to give a rundown of the highlights of his career. Obviously, he's made a lot of films. I'm going to mention some of them who've been 
on various uh, honored on various festivals and even uh, one nominated for an academy award as well but it's worth uh, mentioning uh, los golfos yanto por un bandido la casa el jardín de las delicias ana y los lobos los zancos el amor brujo la noche oscura el dorado tango nominated for an oscar uh, we talked about Carmen, of course, Bodas de Sangre, and uh, Flamenco, Flamenco. Well, until the next time, whether you listen to, play, or learn about Flamenco, remember to always follow the beat. <laughs>